Welcome to Pop Up, a podcast from the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church. Instead of bringing food to the table, we bring stories of inspiration and celebration from the Great Plains Conference and beyond. Pull up a seat. You are always welcome at our table. One of the longest standing customs in Methodism, perhaps more so in the Great Plains, is the potluck dinner. Everyone brings out their best to share with their friends and fellow church members. Sometimes you know what you're going to get, sometimes you walk away with something unexpected. That's our goal here at the Potluck Podcast as well. If you walk away feeling nourished and fulfilled, we've done our job. I'm David Burke from the Great Plains Conference Communications Office. Thank you for joining us. Hi, this is David Burke. The following episode of Potluck was recorded in early March before the coronavirus pandemic hit our country. Since its recording, many of the events we discuss, particularly the jurisdictional conference and the general conference, have been postponed until 2021. Even though the events we discuss won't be happening this year, we still think it's an interesting discussion with the Reverend D. Williamston, Salina Hayes District Superintendent and a candidate for Bishop. Enjoy. Our first guest for the year 2020 is the Reverend D. Williamston, uh, Salina and Hayes District Superintendent. I guess soon to be Salina and Hutch District Superintendent. July 1. July 1. Okay. Okay. But for now, Salina and a portion of Hayes. Yes. And she is uh, kind of front and center because she has put her name into consideration for Bishop and has been uh, going throughout the South Central jurisdiction talking to folks. And we wanted to... Uh, to catch her at a very, uh, <laughs> it's such a busy schedule, we, we needed to catch her while we could, I guess. So, uh, Dee Williamson, welcome to Potluck. Thank you, David. I guess, first of all, um, why in the world, we joked on this, why in the world would anybody want to become a bishop? <laughs> I know, especially in these times. Yeah. Uh, why God is calling me for right now, uh, for these times. Um, I believe that God has, throughout the years, um, sent people my way uh, to encourage me in ministry, and he always seems to send that person or uh, to me to say, you know, have you ever considered uh, running for bishop? And it wasn't anything on my radar, uh, really. Uh, even in seminary, I had people uh, asking me if I would consider running for bishop, and these were early on in my in my wow. ministry, and I've heard comments at times in congregations that I've served uh, that uh, God's going to do something with you, uh, and I could see you serving at, an, at another, in a higher ministry, or an, the next ministry, uh, because all the ministries are higher. Sure, uh, sure. But, uh, and so I really n- never paid much attention to it. Um, I believe God's calling right now because uh, calling me right now because I'm I'm a resilient person. You know, I've I say I've come up the rough side of the mountain, and in such a time as this for the United Methodist Church, uh, we're going to need resilient leaders, uh, leaders who are bold and courageous and are willing uh, to take a risk, even when we don't have um, everything laid out before us. There's no process, or or the process may be developing as we go. 
And I believe uh, that my training um, from my previous career as an Army National Guard soldier has equipped me for such a time, as well as my faithfulness to the church and serving in different locations as a person of color, uh, because you never know what you're going to run into. <laughs> okay, okay. Sometimes, but to be ready, on the ground ready. I'm a boots on the ground kind of person. Uh, and I think it's, it's time, you know. I'm, I'm running because uh, not only has God called me, but uh, when I had put my name in, I had actually taken it out. Mm. I put my name in, took it out, and then thought about it some more, put my name back in, talked to my sister, and she yelled at me and told me to put my name <laughs> back in. And so I did. Sister knows best. Yeah. Uh. And then I took it out again. And then, mm. uh, but each time I couldn't sleep at night. You know, it's like the story of the princess and the pea. Right. And, you know, you're on those 20 mattresses, but mm-hmm. you could still feel that pea underneath, and you're tossing and turning. And it wasn't until around June of last year when I was at uh, my doctorate program in Tulsa at Phillips uh, that I heard uh, uh, Dr. Emily Towns say, hope resides in the dark. You keep watching, you keep waiting, you keep working, but you don't never give up. And I realized that that second time, or that third time that I took my name out, that I had to notify the chair of the delegation to say, I'm back in. Ah. And after that, I've been able to sleep since then. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I I figured that I would just let the process happen, and whatever God decides to do, if God's really calling me to this, then God will open the door, you know, and the Holy Spirit would lead me and strengthen me and encourage me and give me words to say and wisdom to share and, and people to meet and so that's why. Well, great. Now's the time. You said back when we talked a couple months ago that you were approached by people. It wasn't just, hey, you should be a bishop. I, right. You were approached in, what, you said 2015? Yeah, about 2015 uh, when we were in, I forget where we had an annual conference. No, we were at a clergy uh, gathering, I think, Fellowship and Orders. Oh, okay. Uh, a group of uh, pastors, uh, friends. Uh, said, hey, you you should consider. No, we were in Wichita, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, they said you should consider bishop, and I was like, what? <laughs> consider what? <laughs> and so, uh, but I had heard, you know, uh, some friends from, like I said, back in around 2005, 2007, as I was graduating, you know, mm-hmm. and people in the congregations from up that time, you know. Uh, sharing bits and pieces about, hey, you should try to, you know, you should, you should put, be considered, or you're going to be a, you know, um, a leader in the conference at some point, you know, and all that. So, yeah, but it, yeah, just kind of, I let it kind of marinate, but I didn't put too much thought into it at the time. Said people had brought something to my awareness. What were their reasons why you should consider? You know, those memories are getting a little vague. Okay. You know, I. You know, I know that I, I'm strong in administration, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm very passionate about ministry, right. uh, sharing the good news, including everybody. And you know, those are the things that I can think of. You know, that I'm open to. You know, building new relationships with people I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I forget the word. Uh, you know how some people are just open. Sure. You know, yeah. you can just yeah. make a friend anywhere. Right. You know, and that sounds like encourage, you. Mm-hmm. You know, people and inspire. Mm-hmm. And so I've, uh, I know that, you know, in a few instances, there was, uh, uh, I've been told that, you know, I'm an inspirational person. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was from those things that they've seen me working in in the district, in the conference, and trying to bring some people together. And uh, just, I think, mm-hmm. from there, you know, I, I walk around 
just doing stuff. Right. You know, right. I'm really, you know, I'm one of those persons that'll do it and then um, somebody want to have a meeting about it. And I was like, oh, we were supposed to have a meeting? <laughs> so sometimes I'm, I'm that kind of The fewer person. meetings, the better, yes, yeah, yes. The fewer meetings, the yeah. better, and things get done. Yeah. You know, not that meetings can't produce things. Of course, but, of course. Yeah, so I think it was, you know, they saw those types of qualities in me that were, you know, that I was open to people, you know, and passionate about Jesus Christ and what the church can uh, offer to people, okay. you know, that are from anywhere and everywhere. So. Mm -hmm. The last couple months you have been, and I'm using air quotes when I say running for office, <laughs> in a yeah. way. Yeah. What's that experience been like? Mm -hmm. And and then and we're taping this in mid-March, and you've got about four months to go right. until the jurisdictional, if it goes as scheduled. Right. And uh, <laughs> what, what has that been like? Uh, and what have you learned about yourself in this whole mm -hmm. process? It has been a true learning curve. Uh, no one has has a manual on how to do this. And so uh, what I realized is I had to build a plan for myself, um, uh, but not by myself. And so um, it's been, you know, realizing the areas that I can uh, strengthen mm -hmm. uh, as well as practicing, for example, interviewing. Sure. Uh, as clergy, we don't necessarily interview. Right. Uh, we are appointed, and so we don't, we're not in the practice of that. Though um, I carry with me from my Army National Guard days uh, a quote from one of our officers who said to us one day, remember, every day is an interview. Hmm. But the formal interview process is something that is kind of far removed from what we do. Hmm. Um, and so realizing that I needed to practice, you hmm. know, uh, answering questions that would be from a spectrum of people who may be uh, maybe more conservative or more progressive or somewhere in, in the middle and their thoughts and concerns and being mindful of that. And so uh, articulating that to uh, people. Uh, so hearing my own voice sure, and sure. answering questions, you know, in an interview type of situation. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that was something that I had to uh, redevelop. Mm -hmm. um, I like to talk. Sure. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I didn't mean to say that so quickly. <laughs> But, you know, so I had to be aware of, you know, some growing edges, mm -hmm. you know, um, as well as um, what else to prepare for, be, making sure that I am cognizant not only of what a bishop uh, does, but how have I seen that work in my life and what I have been doing, you mm -hmm. know, and, and how to share examples uh, and stories, you know, not only from the district, but from the local church and my local church experiences, and to also be mindful to incorporate who I am mm -hmm. uh, authentically, you know, to be myself. That's the other piece is just to be myself authentically, you know, no matter what type of interview or questioning happens, to be true to myself. And one of the things I would always used to say to myself is, to thy own self be true. And I know that's a quote from somebody somewhere. I don't know <laughs> exactly. Where, I used to say it to, my own, to myself all the time, to thy own self be true. And so uh, being mindful of that. But I also uh, looked, uh, availed myself to uh, the delegation. Uh, I let them know what I was doing. 
Uh, are there areas that they see that, you know, I could work on to prepare for the interviews that happened in February? Mm -hmm. uh, would they be willing to go over my writings? I had to answer questions. And so trying to perfect those questions and not be too long-winded mm -hmm. or too many examples or mm -hmm. too vague or too lofty, you know, uh, because you have like 12 delegations reading. Sure. Sure. these questions and so they gave me some really great advice uh they knew because uh, i shared with them that you know grammar is not my <laughs> is not my thing and even grammarly said i improved on my comma placements oh good as an <laughs> but, editor i can uh, appreciate that okay right but there are people who love grammar yeah and so i uh asked those on the delegation who like that kind of thing mm -hmm. to be on my team and so there was about three or four people who put their you know name in so i would send them segments of my writing and, mm -hmm. and whatnot and they would give me some corrections or to think about this or d that makes no sense whatsoever sure or, that's real lofty <laughs> you know <laughs> and so or you know that's a lot of bullet points can yep. you condense it and so i took their advice the best i could and yet they gave me the space to be who i am mm -hmm. and to answer how would answer. Sure, <laughs> sure. Question. To thy own self, be, yeah. Yeah, to thy own self be true. And so, uh, and then also, you know, preparing for the interviews, there was a team on the delegation that came together, mm -hmm. and we came to the conference office, and they recorded me so that I could look at myself mm -hmm. in preparation of interviews on, like, what my posture was, and my roll of my eyes, and oh, I yeah. going, um, too much, mm -hmm. or those types of things, um, or if I was getting nervous, you know, yeah. because, you know, there might have been a question. Sure. That, you know, it's just like, I did not prepare for that question. And now <laughs> do I answer the question or do I say, you know, that's a great question. <laughs> I would love to answer that. Uh, however, I need more time. Sure. And so I learned to do that mm -hmm. uh, because I don't want to just give an answer. And you can see I'm searching. Right. Or what to say. Um, they also, in the inter uh, practicing the interviews, gave me the space to uh, uh, sh share emotion in a sense that a couple questions caught me hmm. yeah. and, you know and, and it'll elicit you know that that quivery voice oh yeah you know yeah. or the welling up of the eyes oh sure <laughs> sure <laughs> you're like um what do i say and you yeah. find that you have to just say it sure you know whatever it was that caught me couldn't skirt around it couldn't mm -hmm. jump over it i had to just be in that moment mm -hmm. and um but then also you know be joyful, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I like I like to smile. Sure, you know. Sure. I am known for my smile a lot yeah. of times, and so, uh, but to you know, powering through, mm -hmm. you know, even if it caught me, and so, yeah. So I uh, so the journey has been working on on those things, mm -hmm. um, as well as uh, networking with people that I don't know mm -hmm. across the connection. I've been to a lot of events. I went to Nashville's communication, preparing for general conference. Oh, yes, yes. And then I went to the National United Methodist Women's event. Right. And it, that was great. It was in St. Louis, and they sure. introduced all the Episcopal uh, hopefuls and candidates across the connection. Oh, great. Uh, they presented us in one of the plenaries before we had uh, cookies and punch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, which you was great. Yes. You know? And so meeting some of the other uh, women that are running was, was a wonderful thing, as well as learning about more of the legislation and strategies and those types of things. And then I went to um, the interviews in February, mm -hmm. middle of February in Oklahoma City. And, you know, prior to that, and when, one of my last sessions with the interview um, assistance team that helped me prepare, mm -hmm. uh, I realized that if I was going to do this, I had to be joyful. I mm -hmm. couldn't let this 
take my joy. Sure. You know, and so I decided that I was just going to have fun with this. No good. And so uh, going into the interviews, I reminded myself what I told myself. Yeah. Remember, you said you're just going to have fun. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, you're going to uh, the the joy of the Lord is your strength. And mm. so. Uh, throughout all those 11 interviews, because I didn't have to uh, re-interview with the oh, great sure. planes, but I decided to just relax, be myself, and keep my joy. And uh, it was fun. Oh, good. You know, I, and I know we're in a serious time right. in the life of the church, but I had a blast. Best thing I've done in years. Great. You know, and I was like, you know, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> you know, and, you know, they saw the authentic D, mm-hmm. Dolores, yeah. You know, however, you know, and I walked away smiling well, good. because I did what God called me to do mm-hmm. and I could still sleep at night. Right. You know, right. had I pulled out again, yeah. you know, I know I'd be tossing and turning and wrestling and sure. beating myself up for not trying. Uh, so uh, that was just one of the just best events uh, mm-hmm. that I went to, and as well as learning about the legislation and meeting people, sure, uh, and what's coming up for the church. Um, and then I went to just came back from uh, Black Methodist for Church Renewal, the, oh, okay, the national right event. It, it was in Kansas City, Missouri this oh, time. Oh, nice. And uh, was able to connect with some people that I had met in other events and whatnot, and. Uh, to hear some of the uh, same, like, plans and things, you mm-hmm. know, kind of, you know, about legislation and right. um, the future and the protocol and mm-hmm. all that. And so each event I've gone to, everyone has basically hit the same notes. Okay. And so it's like, okay, just, you know, solidifying this, you know, mm-hmm. these are concerns and issues that, you know, we're all thinking about from different perspectives and different angles uh, and also in general ways. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and so right now I'm I'm uh, will be attending later in March the South Central Jurisdiction um, Women's uh, United Methodist Women. Oh, great! Event in great. Little Rock. Perfect. Uh, to continue to kind of put my face out there. Sure. Uh, and uh, be present mm-hmm. uh, in the process so that people can get to know me a little bit more uh, versus an interview. And, of course, all those ladies uh, in the United Methodist women aren't necessarily uh, on the delegation, but we are on the delegation in a sense of we're all part of the same jurisdiction. Sure. We're all part of the the broader church together. And, you know, just getting to know somebody, regardless if they're on an official delegation or not, is important. Right. Uh, so I've learned that, you know, I've, I've had a coach, you know, I've mm-hmm. had, I have two coaches. Okay. Um, uh, Amy Lippold has helped uh, coach me, mm-hmm. uh, as well as I have a coach out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, great. Named Tamara, and uh, they have both been great, as well as uh, Zach Anderson, uh, and I've got uh, upcoming meetings to talk to a couple more people in the delegation to get their wisdom and insights. So it's just kind of like been putting together you know, your own kind of plan. And I said to myself, I'm going to write a little pamphlet on this. Sure, sure. And then I update the delegation, and I think they kind of enjoyed some of my updates (laughs) and, uh, you know, just putting it out there, you know, and asking for critique. And so the vulnerability of it has been, that's been pretty interesting for me to kind of navigate through, but then I feel like this. Uh, I'm so blessed to have this opportunity that they have given, the delegation has given me that, uh, whatever I can do, whatever wisdom they can share with me uh, to help uh, in, uh, strengthen mm-hmm. uh, 
this opportunity for me, sure. then that's what I'm going to do. Great. You know, Great. So. Not, not long after you made your announcement or, or the, the delegation had endorsed you, yes. I was talking to Bishop Sines, mm -hmm. who obviously was elected four years ago. Yes. And I asked him if it was like running for office. Mm -hmm. And he said that he didn't, he just decided to run on his own record. He said he wasn't going to hire anyone. Right. And he said he knew that there were other candidates out there who would hire mm -hmm. teams mm -hmm. to work with this. And it sounded like, sounds like you're, you, you talk about your team, but it sounds like a lot of DIY here too. Do it yourself right. kind of thing to, to assemble your, yes. your, I mean, it, it's not like you, you go to, a stranger and say, hey, can you help right. me get elected? You're, right. These are all people you know and trust. Right, right, yes. Um, it's all been in-house, mm -hmm. you know, getting wisdom, critique, uh, insight, um, uh, to so that I can get a fuller picture of what this is all about. You know, I know it's, this is entirely up to God. It has nothing to do with me. Sure. I'm just offering myself yeah. uh, for the church to use. That's all I've ever wanted to do is mm -hmm. serve serve the church, serve the Lord. You know, when the Lord got a hold of me, you know, it was like game on, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm, I'm just passionate about, you know, what is it we can do to continue to make disciples of Jesus Christ? How can we, you know, preach the gospel mm -hmm. and inspire people to come? And so even in this process, I, I still feel the same way. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, you know, hiring somebody, that's, that's not in my <laughs> wheelhouse. Um, but the things I can do to better communicate with people, I will do. You know, sure. and, and the delegation has been the best at that to help me think about uh, things that I could possibly do. For example, after I uh, did uh, the interviews, I sent thank you cards. Oh yeah. To the delegation. That's always a good thing. Yep. You know, and in in, in the, the thank you card, I put my business card for the district. Sure. As well as, and I'll show it to you. A picture card with my face on it. Okay. So that people will, you know, remember my face. Sure. At least. Sure. You know, and so I use the same photo that I've used for everything. Oh, yeah. You know, to be consistent. Sure. Basically. Sure. And so uh, as far as, you know, I don't have a blog site right now. Um, right. I'm thinking about a website, you know, and that's a lot of, you know, extra sure. things to do. Sure. And it is a cost thing as right. well. And, you know, I believe, hey, you know, uh, I pray Lord, you open the door. Mm -hmm. You know, if this door is to open, the Lord will open it. If if the and, and I will walk through with the Lord leading mm -hmm. and not not me leading. And so I I feel the same way. It's kind of a uh, do it yourself. Yeah. But with a team, mm -hmm. so I'm not by myself, which right. is great. Right. You know, but hiring somebody to campaign and yeah, all that kind of stuff. That's not who I am authentically. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Well, good. Good. We will be back with more with Dee Williamston right after this. Good news! Christ is still very much alive and well working in the world today. I'm Todd Seifert, and I invite you to check out my podcast in layman's terms. Once a month, this podcast tells stories of people serving the risen Christ in the world today. Other weeks of the month, I share a reflection on a passage from the Bible aimed at people who with no background in Scripture, who find the Bible difficult to understand, or who just feel like they need a refresher on parts of our sacred texts. And it's all done in plain English, in layman's terms. 
So find my podcast on the Great Plains Conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts. Hi, it's David Burke reminding you that our discussion with the Reverend D. Williamston was recorded in early March before the postponement of the jurisdictional conference. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Potluck. We're talking to the Reverend D. Williamston, Salina and Hayes District Superintendent, and most importantly in 2020, a candidate for bishop. Does it still feel odd to say that? It does. <laughs> okay. It does. <laughs> Um, you grew up here in Topeka. I, I did. I, uh, a few weeks ago, I tried to give you directions, and then I realized that I was mansplaining in, <laughs> in, in a town where you came from, and how. And I apologize for that. Oh, you're okay. You're okay. Uh, what What was your life like growing up? Oh, you know, I grew up over by. I always tell folks it's by Einstein's Tenth and um, College. Okay. Uh, and uh, growing up in Topeka was. I mean, it it was interesting. Okay. Um, Topeka's an odd town. I always thought it was an odd town, but I mean, it was great. Uh, we lived with my grandmother uh, in her house until she passed away, and we stayed there uh, throughout my growing up years and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. It was the community it, over by Starmont Vale. It was like 8th and College. Oh, eighth, sure. 8th and ninth and College. All those houses are gone now. Uh, but uh, what I remember growing up here, the block uh, idea was... Um, that uh, everybody knew one another, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we knew who people were, what they did, and I lived on a block that was full of all kinds of people, you mm-hmm. know. They were black, white, Mexican, they were old, they were young, they were retired, uh, they were architects, uh, psychiatrists. We had a psychiatrist that worked for Minigers, wow. and his daughter was my best friend. Uh, we had somebody that was a dentist that lived across the street. There was an elderly blind lady that lived right across the street, directly in front of my house. Oh, wow. um, and you would have thought that she could see because she knew when I was doing things I wasn't supposed <laughs> to be doing because they would always tell on me. Uh-huh. But, uh, but I remember going uh, to, um, well, also let me back up a little bit. Sure. Uh, the church I grew up in, Asbury Mount Olive United Methodist Church, the, the parsonage was on the same block where our house was, okay. where I grew up. And so okay. I was two houses away from the pastor's house. Oh, okay. And so, you know, you could get into some that, extra trouble. That would keep you in line, yeah. And then across the street and just about half a block down, there was the, there was the former associate pastor, he and his wife. Oh, lived on wow. the street. So I was either on their porch because I got in trouble mm-hmm. or I was at the pastor's house because <laughs> I was they were trying to keep me out of trouble. Okay. And so <laughs> so but it was a it was a neighborhood full of, you know, kids, uh and you know, it was there was a four block area where all of us usually would gravitate to like ninth and college and that was the corner where our house was. Okay. And so there were older kids, there were younger kids, and they always made the little kids feel like they were little kids, the oh, teenagers yeah. and it was back when the GTOs were hot cars, oh, you yeah, know, and yeah. so the the boy across the street had a GTO when he was sixteen or seventeen <laughs> and so he had those big old fat wheels on Sure. I mean and, and then we also had block parties, so we got to know one another. We had, you know, bring out the card tables, there'd be music, the kids, us kids would be running up and down the block. They would block off the street and it was a community, oh, you wow. know. And 
it was it was just great. That that part was great. You mm -hmm. know, I grew up going to Loman Hill over by the library. Oh yeah. Uh huh. And uh, that was great too. And I remember, you know, walking to school. It was only like a four block walk. Uh, and uh, the library was right over there, and I was a library nerd. I loved ah. the library, and I would walk myself to story time. Oh, I love nice. a story. I love a good story. Yeah. Uh, I still love a good story. Sure, I was going to say, know? yeah, it, it translated yeah. to adulthood. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so, um, it, you know, my growing up here was probably not unlike anybody else's. Um, we also had... Uh, 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 we had family that has farms, so not only did I grow up in Topeka, I also grew up on the farm. Oh, nice! Out by uh, in Oskaluska. Okay. Yeah, okay. Ozaki, Oskaluska is kind of the same sure. area over there, and I would go in the summer times to my granddad's farm. Nice. And uh, I love my granddad. Uh, his name was Alonzo, uh -huh. and he'd come up the road is about a quarter mile, mm -hmm. and he'd come chucking up there with his on his tractor, <laughs> and I loved to run and go meet my grandpa coming up that road and. He'd, he'd get off his tra uh, off his tractor, and he had on those overalls. They were just dirty. And sure. he'd uh, uh, come up to the porch where the house was, and he'd pull out that Prince Albert and a can oh, of sure. tobacco sure. and a piece of paper and start rolling his, his <laughs> oh, cigarette. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, he called it tobacco. Oh, yes. You know, not tobacco, but tobacco. <laughs> sure. You sure. know, and then he'd say to me, gal, go get me some water. <laughs> and so, you know, you go get a mason jar full of ice yeah. and water, and he got, he'd be out there and uh, drinking his oh. water and um, smoking his uh, home-rolled cigarette oh, of tobacco. <laughs> and so, but I love my grandpa. And one of the things he loved to do was always get me, you know, excited about something. And I remember he was down there, uh, we were down on a part of the farm where they had chickens. Mm -hmm. And so he was uh, slaughtering some chickens oh, yeah. for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember he was he was sitting on his tractor, kind of the step there, and I was standing there smiling at Grandpa, just talking away. I couldn't tell you what I was talking about. And he grabbed a chicken by the neck, and there was a stump there, and he took this little hatchet, mm -hmm. and he swung that axe and chopped the head off of that chicken. That chicken stood up and started running right for me. Mm. I screamed and hollered, <laughs> and my granddad laughed and laughed. I mean, yeah. it ran. It followed me all the way around that oh, tractor, wow. and then by the time I got back around to the other side, it fell over. Uh. And I was like, I was just like floored. <laughs> I was like, Grandpa, why did you do that to me? You know, and he just giggled. So that's when you understand the phrase "chicken with your head cut off" yes. at a time like that, because yes. my family for a short time butchered yes. chickens too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. It, my, I didn't, yeah. I didn't get chased though. I, yeah. It's the first time I've heard about yeah. somebody being chased. Yeah, I was chased. I swear, oh, it was man. the biggest chicken I ever seen. <laughs> with no end. But you get your vindication to supper that night, right? <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, that's a whole nother process. I won't get into that. But yeah, so grow, growing up here in Topeka was, I mean, it was interesting because it's an interesting town. It's sure. kind of an odd town. Yeah. And, uh, but also having those experiences on the farm sure. were uh, full, I think, shaped me because I learned, you know, about, you know, being outside. You know, not sure. that I, I was outside in the, in the city. Yeah. And, but outside in the country is different, yeah. you know, and you know there's different kind of bugs it seems like in the country, and and the dirt had a particular smell, and they had pig farms, and I'd love to go watch the pigs, sure. and the baby pigs, and then oh, yeah. Grandpa come, and then we go slop the pigs, and you know, so you you got a little bit, of, I got a little bit of everything, you oh, know, yeah. you know, my mom was raised on the farm, so. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. 
by the time you got to high school, what were you thinking mm -hmm. your, your life was going to be like? Yeah, so, uh, so high school was a little different for okay. me. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I was a, one of those interesting children who thought I knew everything, but I really didn't. Okay. 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 And by the time I hit uh, high school, Topeka High, it was in my junior year, uh, things just weren't clicking well for me in high school, mm -hmm. and I uh, decided to drop out. And so it was in the fall of 1981 was when I finally, it would have been my junior year, okay. I dropped out somewhere around October because I just was not connecting. Uh, for some reason, it just didn't click for me. Did this surprise your parents? Yeah, I think it disappointed my mom, because oh. uh, you know every every parent wants their child to graduate sure. from high school sure. and, and whatnot. My mom was a hardworking woman, um, uh, trying to just put food on the table and uh, to get us kids raised. And my brother was already gone. Yeah, I have an older brother that I kind of grew up with, and it was. Uh, I think it disappointed her a little bit, hmm. um, and you know. So, for a long time, I wished I could have gone back and made a different choice, but that was the choice and decision that I needed to make at that time. Was so. was it that the classes weren't weren't stimulating or were too right. difficult, or, or where it were wasn't? You it wasn't thinking? that it wasn't difficult. I, it didn't seem like I was learning more. Hmm. You know, it seemed like we were just rehashing the same thing over and oh, over yeah. again. You know, it's like okay, there's one. Uh, there's one thing to learn about the presidents, but then can we bump this up a little bit more? Sure. You know, uh, and I didn't, I did not know how to ask for that oh, at okay. the time. Okay. And uh, nor was I being looked at as well. Maybe this person has you know different learning style and is probably uh, you know not necessarily uh, kind of in the gifted area, gifted right. class, but right. just not identified. Sure. You know, because, you know, maybe no one thought that I was yeah. paying attention. I yeah. was paying a lot of attention. Yeah. It's just I didn't know how to sure. <laughs> use that energy to get myself in the right area because I didn't. You kind of you fell know, through the cracks. Yeah, fell, yeah, that's a that's perfect. Yeah, okay. fell through the cracks of the school system. Oh, that's um, too bad. Instead of, you know, someone coming to me and asking me, when I went to ask for help, Mm -hmm. uh, and I just said this just to, for shock factor to yeah. the uh, counselor at the time who yeah. was going through the um, social work program at KU. Oh, okay. And I uh, said to them, I think I'm just going to drop out of high school. Hmm. And they never said anything to me. Wow. And so with that, I think at, in my 16-year-old mind, right. I was like, okay, I'll just do it. Hmm. And I did. Yeah. You know, but when I did, I had to say, now what? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I was going to ask you, because, yeah. I mean, the, you, you enlisted in the, the National Guard. Not How long, yes. what, what kind of a yes. space, time space Yeah, was it that? wasn't much longer after. I was, I remember I was uh, at home, and I was working at Church's Fried Chicken oh, on 10th Street. It's oh. still there. Oh, Lord. I was, ate there a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still there. Same building. <laughs> yeah. Probably the same tables. I don't know. <laughs> I said, fuck, you say the same grease. <laughs> it could be. It could be. But I remember um, that I knew that I could not sit at home and do nothing. Sure. I just couldn't. You know, there was just something in me knowing that I couldn't do that. And so I don't know if I saw something on TV. I don't think I did. Mm -hmm. But the thought said, well, why don't you just go join the Army? 
Yeah. Or, and so I ended up at the Army National Guard recruiting place, and they said, well, you can't join until you're 17. Oh, okay. And so I came back when I turned on my 17th birthday in 1982. Oh, uh, nice. And my mom had to go with me because she still had to, I think she had to sign a release, oh, too, okay. of some sort. Okay. I can't remember. But 16 was too soon. Yeah. <laughs> and huh. so my mom, here just recently we were talking about this. Um, she, she took me up there uh, for the second time, and uh, my mom cried mm. when I joined because, you know, I'm her only daughter, I'm the baby, you know, and everything. And she just wasn't sure about all this. And she said to me, she goes, yeah, I cried when you you joined the National Guard uh, when I had to sign the paper. And the recruiter looked, she said, the recruiter said to me, ma'am, uh, she'll be just fine. It's exactly what she needs. <laughs> okay. So okay. don't worry. She's, she'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know that until late last year when wow. my mom shared that story <laughs> with me. And I was like, you cried? I made my mom cry? That's horrible, <laughs> oh, you know. No. But uh, it was the best thing that happened. And my mother came to the graduation of basic training at mm-hmm. Fort Jackson, South Carolina. And, uh, you know, I went on to the other, you know, to continue my um military schooling and everything and came back in uh, July of 82 and took the uh, general education diploma okay, test yeah. uh, down on 29th and Adams there was a place there okay and it was called the CETA program it's an old program back in the uh, 80s late 70s 80s yeah. and walked in and said I needed to take the general education diploma test and got the date and time and came back and it was free Right, mm-hmm. and <laughs> took the test, and when I got the results back, if it was 150 for an area, I got like 148. Wow. If it was 130, I was like 127. Wow. You know, if it was 110 that you needed, I yeah. got like uh, 108 uh, yeah. or so. So it was like I scored really high. Sounds and, like And, it. you know, I didn't realize what that meant, mm-hmm. you know, because nowadays you have to study for it and right. test, you know, and all that. I just walked in, took the test, and I was done. Great. You know, and so. You, you wonder what would have happened if those counselors would have yes, <laughs> realized. But, yes. but it also made you who you are. Absolutely. I needed that. Yes. Yeah. We'll be back with more with Dee Williamston right after this. Matthew 28 tells us to make disciples of Jesus Christ, but how can you do that? You can help by providing some inspiration each morning to someone else. Just go to www.greatplainsumc.org slash dailydevotions. Once there, you'll find a QR code and a link to a sign-up page. Pick your day and your topic. If you need some assistance, there's even a link to the Vanderbilt University Daily Lectionary. Follow the instructions for submitting your devotion and you've done your part to help inspire and encourage others in their Christian walk. Again, that's www.greatplainsumc.org slash daily devotions. Help make more disciples today. Welcome back to Potluck. We're talking with Dee Williamston, the Salina and Hayes District Superintendent and the candidate for bishop, which she's still trying to get used to <laughs> hearing. Um, 
we've talked before when you uh, when you had the endorsement of, of our delegation yes about what be that time in the military did for you yes how how did that shape you shape mm -hmm. who you are? Mm -hmm. uh, first, I want to say also that the South Central Jurisdiction uh, Women's Leadership Team endorsed oh, yes. me as well. Yes, they also, yes. that's great. Want to give them props uh, too? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. They were great. Good. And uh, yeah. uh, but my time in the National Guard and all that training has prepared me to to always be ready. You know, mm -hmm. uh, as a as a soldier. Uh, you train as a non-commissioned officer if you're in the enlisted ranks, and I was in the enlisted ranks. And so one of our leadership principles is uh, called be, no do. You know, be who you say you are. You know, know what you're doing and then do it. And so uh, know what you're doing is very strong because it means that you're always in this state of readiness. You're always preparing. You're always training. You're always looking. You're always learning. You know, it's, it's, it's a nonstop thing, you know, mm -hmm. and the doing part is you're doing these things, but, you know, say something doesn't work out in ministry, then you, you get some more knowledge, but you try it again. Mm -hmm. You get some more knowledge, you try it again. But mm -hmm. in the meanwhile, you say, if you're the pastor, then you be the pastor, a mm -hmm. person of integrity and a person who is, is, is honest and open and, you know, um, uh, leading, you mm -hmm. know. So if you're a pastor, be, be that pastor or be that district superintendent or be that bishop or be that layperson or be that attorney, be that doctor, be that, that lawyer. So, so you, everything you know and, and do is a part of your whole being. Mm -hmm. And so I have translated that into, into ministry, you know, mm -hmm. and I've gone into local churches, you know, as the pastor, I want to be, do the best ministry I can do to help people realize that they have gifts too you sure. know and so my gift is to inspire that person hey god's calling you mm -hmm. boy does god got a deal for you <laughs> let me tell you you do that so good would you consider sure you know i know if, if you don't you know if you don't think this is the time to do it right now then i that that's fine but i do want you to know god's calling you, yeah. <laughs> you know? so you know to inspire you know and mm -hmm. you know if i'm gonna do uh you know worship uh mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to plan with uh, that team of people, excuse me, um, that worship, you know, and, and I want those persons who are involved in the worship to, to do it with gusto, mm -hmm. to do it with passion, yeah. because that's what I'm going to present to you. And I, when I preach a sermon, I'm going to preach it with some passion. Exactly. You know, I'm going to get pretty loud, you yeah. know, or I might not, yeah. you know, but it's going to be with passion. And if, it's, and if it's something that, you know, someone doesn't necessarily connect with, mm -hmm. I can guarantee you I'm giving you enough energy. Even if you don't connect with it, you'll go, oh, that was pretty good. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know go. what she said, but that was awesome. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you so, go. so that part of my life, you know, as far as the Army Guard has prepared me for uh, ministry in, in multiple ways, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, I'm like, hey, this is, you know, all things work together for the good of those who right. are called. And so all things, everything in my life, uh, uh, being in basic training, going to the military training schools, uh, learning about you know not government finances because that's sure. what I did when I right. lived here in Topeka. All of that has helped, you know, and the the stick to itness mm -hmm. of what you got to do, mm -hmm. you know, and you know knowing that there's uh, all kinds of places that you need to train and build up, and I think that's why uh, when I uh, begin to prepare for the interviews. All that kicked in mm -hmm. that I got to have a plan, you know. I have, a, you know, we have common task manuals in the in the army right. you know, when you're in basic training. So I have to build my own common task m manual based on the help I'm getting from 
like the delegation and mm-hmm. people outside of the delegation, you know, and the wisdom that they have, you know, so I'm putting this all together. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, what about this? What about that? <laughs> what else do you think I need to be doing? You know, yeah. because I don't know, you yeah. know, but I'm just trying to pull from my life from, from the past and, you know, sure. getting through school and, you know, those exactly. types of things and putting it all together. At what point did you feel, did you feel the call to ministry? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question. Was that before or after your uh-huh. National Guard? Um, it was while I was okay. in the National Guard, you know. Um, I was in a denomination. I grew up United Methodist, but mm-hmm. then, you know, you know, it's you stray. Sure. Right? And sure. so I was in another denomination. Shall remain nameless. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Unless you want to name and it, I don't care. I remember uh, one time I was doing a report for Bible study, mm-hmm. and it had to do something with sin. Mm. And I compared sin to having a cavity. Okay. Okay, <laughs> and I just kind of went with it, you yeah. know. It's like it just starts with a little bit, and you know, before you know it, it's just you got this great big hole in your sure. tooth, and the sure. nerve is exposed, and you got to go to the dentist. And so, you know, and I don't Jesus know. Jesus dentist. Yeah. Okay, okay. All <laughs> and right. so uh, that was in '93. Okay. I remember, and then it wasn't until 1996 I began to really hear the call uh, into ministry. I, by then, I was at a non-denominational. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 fellowship type church sure. and uh, I was learning some other things and uh, but then I began to hear God calling me um, to do something mm-hmm. you know and I didn't know what and so what happened was I began uh, along with some other soldiers we began a Bible study at the National Guard huh. in 1996 and so there was about three or four of us who um, were feeling a call to be in worship in a church and trying to reconnect and get our lives together. And um, I went and asked, uh, I think the commander of the uh, headquarters is where I was here in mm-hmm. Topeka, and about uh, us starting uh, a, like a church service. And wow. so there was often about, it was like a small church, you right. know, six right. to eight of us would show up. Uh, enlisted and officer and mm-hmm. it was wonderful and so that's when I began to hear the call in 1996 okay. while I was at the National Guard okay. and then you know I eventually went came back to my home church yeah because I learned some things sure. and I learned that I am uh, I love communion mm-hmm. on the regular basis okay okay that's a good reason <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying yeah. you know yeah. and the formality of you know right. some of the those aspects of worship in the Methodist Church that I grew up with so. oh great great I think it says a lot about your your character and your life that you talk about coming up the rough side of the mountain and we have yet to talk about things like you being a single mother or yes. a breast cancer survivor. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, I raised it, my son, yes. Yeah, I mean and and how long I mean how how at what point were you a become a single mother uh-huh. during all this? <laughs> With everything uh, else that was immediately? Ha- oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh it was yeah, um I moved back from New York in 1987. Okay. I was living in Brooklyn, New York. Um, that's where I had gotten married and everything, okay. and it didn't work out. And so uh, since basically 1996, my son was about a year old. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, and so I've been raising him ever since as oh, a single good. parent. Um, I did remarry uh, later in the uh, early 90s, but um, I was still a single parent because I didn't last. And oh, so, yeah. You know, yeah. That's, you know, that's life. It happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
and that that part of makes the the fabric of who you are as is absolutely absolutely as is being a, a breast cancer survivor for absolutely. how many how many years now uh, i was diagnosed in 2011 okay. and i always have to count on my hands and i think it's sure. like eight years now well, nine well, years coming up on nine yeah, yeah. coming up on yeah. nine in may and uh, that was, um, I was serving in, uh, at Independence First United Methodist Church mm-hmm. in Southeast Kansas, and they were great. They walked with me through that whole journey, and um, they took me to doctor's appointments, they being the, the, some of the congreg- congregants and sure. members of the church, they sure. wanted to help. And mm-hmm. um, one, uh, uh, one of the uh, ladies in the church gathered some people together to pay for a maid for wow. like three months to help me keep the house nice. together and nice. it was a gift you know yeah. that people brought casseroles oh, and, yeah. you know and I mean it was great yeah, <laughs> it was exactly. great and they knew that uh, when I needed to rest uh, during the the chemo sure um, they gave me the space to rest and when I finally finished the chemotherapy it was a year I had to do a whole year so I went oh, from wow. July to of 2011 to July of 2012 wow. and that was when my last chemo uh, treatment was and one of the things I do at the cancer center is you ring the bell right uh-huh right. and so I had rang the bell down at the cancer center well as you know in small towns the volunteers usually go to all the churches right, right. uh-huh yeah. so, so I get to church that week that weekend mm-hmm and uh, open up the worship service. You know how you kind of do your opening? Sure. And I was like, okay, now it's time to worship after I did all my announcements and everything. Mm-hmm. And somebody stood up and says, wait. And I was like, oh boy, this is something <laughs> odd. I've got to figure out how to navigate this. Okay, it's not going according to the bulletin <laughs> or according to the plan. And they said, Pastor D, we want to celebrate with you your last cancer treatment. And everybody in the congregation pulled out a bell uh. And was ringing the oh, bells. Man. And so it was the ringing of the bells. And what nice. I had found out was the church administrator had coordinated people bringing bells oh, to church. Man. And I didn't see anything. Or, I mean, nobody let it slip. <laughs> and I was so tickled oh, and man. just so honored and blessed. And um, there was one lady there. She was going through a cancer battle herself. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she gave me her bell. Oh. And so I have her bell displayed at my office, nice. and it was a gla- crystal bell. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, of course, she 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 is now with the Lord now. Uh-huh. She passed away. But, yeah, I never forget, <laughs> never, <laughs> oh, never forget oh, the man. ringing of the bells. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like it was awesome. <laughs> well, if it was just a few years later, it would be on video and go viral. Right, so, right, right. Oh, man. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. yeah, it was great. It was great. Well, Dee Williamson, thank you very much. You know, all of us in the conference, laity and clergy and everyone else who knows yes. you wishes you the best in the, in the next few months. And yes. uh, whatever journey uh, God has ahead of you, we thank you for your time. And we, we're glad that it's, uh, it's made a mark on, on your life because you've yes. made a mark on so many. And we uh, appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you. And thank, you know, I, I give thanks to the whole annual conference, the delegation and the women's leadership team in the South Central Jurisdiction. And everyone who I've had an opportunity to um, be a, work alongside in ministry to the district, the district pastors, and, you know, the opportunities that the Great Plains Conference have, has given me have been phenomenal, and I am so blessed. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Potluck is copyright 2020, Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church. Music is through a license from First Com. You can email potluck at greatplainsumc.org or call our Potluck hotline, 785-414-4251. Thanks for listening. <laughs>